0: This was a tweet from Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports. I've known Ken, respected him for a very long time, still do, always will. A friend to DK Pittsburgh Sports as a venture, so none of this is personal, but he tweeted out after the Indians and Mets made a colossal trade yesterday, Lindor and Carrasco, more to come. The Mets are a big market bully again. And it was a link to his news article on that subject. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. For any baseball fan who didn't hear, and I'd be surprised if anyone didn't, Francisco Lindor, the brilliant shortstop of the Indians, arguably the best in the game at his position, and Carlos Carrasco, starting pitcher, went to New York. The Mets are under new ownership. And the Mets sent back a boatload of prospects, depending on how you view prospects or whatever. To me, I see these trades, and, and for the most part, just blank out when it comes to the other components. The Indians' payroll... Based in a market smaller than Pittsburgh that's financially struggling, unlike Pittsburgh before the pandemic, will now go to 44 million. That's the projection for 2021. That's a good bit lower than where the Pirates will end up. Even the most, the lowest projection for the Pirates, they're not going to be below 50. So the Indians will have the lowest payroll. The reaction to this. In Cleveland, overwhelmingly, was that the Dolans are the worst owners. Oh, worst owners. And if some people would at least respectfully throw in that the only owner worse anywhere was Bob Nutting, I saw a lot of that, even from Cleveland fans, because that's the reputation that the Pirates and Nutting have forged. The Dolans had 0.00% chance to keep Lindor. I already relayed to you my thoughts on where he stands in the game. He's young, dynamic. He's a superstar. He can do everything. He's a player that the big money teams will break the bank for. When they make up their mind to do that, they just do it. If the Indians came back with an offer, all the other team does is says, Wait, we're just going to top it. It's like an auction. We'll just top it by another whatever, $5 million, $50 million, whatever it is. They have endless TV money, these teams. And, yes, that includes the Mets. The Mets were under really sloppy ownership before that. Reckless and irresponsible ownership with the Wilpons that dug their own debts and messes and other ventures and used the Mets' as a vehicle to try to escape from those. That shouldn't be conflated with the Mets not being able to spend in the past. They were just grossly mismanaged and on a highly public visible level. So new owner, Steve Cohen comes in and he's saying all the right things and I'm going to bring the Mets back and saying all those things that get New Yorkers excited. And we're going to be right there with the Yankees on everything. And, they're in on every free agent so far. I didn't sign them all, but their names are attached to them. And then they do this, and then it's, it's great. It's great. Everyone is just giddy over it. And the national baseball media, which is the most complicit media in all of professional sports, will never, ever, ever, ever dare to breathe the term salary cap. They won't talk about what happened to the Indians. They won't talk about what caused the Indians to be unable to afford to keep this iconic player. You know what they'll write about instead? They'll write about the prospects. Let's take a look at what the Indians got. Here's the breakdown of the prospects. I'm not talking about the Cleveland writers. Understand this. I'm talking about the national writers, the ones that have, as you expect, the greatest influence over the game this is what they do. On one hand, it's great. Ken's tweet. I'm going to read it to you again. Ken's tweet. The Mets are a big market bully again. Yay, big market bully. That's an actual thing. That's an actual thing. Ken thought that was a line that would resonate with baseball fans, not just Mets fans, baseball fans. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the natural order of things. It doesn't make sense when the Red Sox finish in last place like they did last year. When the Red Sox make it back out of last place, and it won't take them long because they can spend their way out of it, you're going to see the same type of headlines. It's just not the same AL East without the Yankees and the Red Sox going at it. You'll see that. You'll see a ton of that. I mean, it was cute having the Rays up here for a year or two, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be is Yankees versus Red Sox. This is the baseball mentality. its I feel like I'm on an island with this stuff. I really do. It drives me nuts because I, I, it, it's so obvious, and I feel like I can't get anybody at all to pay attention to this. I don't mean nationally. I mean even locally among, among my own listeners and readers. These people have come close to, this is a strong term, but brainwashing you with this idea that when a a player like Lindor has to be traded off, that it's the owner's fault. And everybody in Cleveland's up in arms about the Dolans and how they need to sell the team to an owner who will spend money. These are the same fans who, while the Indians were winning close to 100 games, for a good while now, we're leaving their stadium empty. And I'm not talking about Corona time. I mean, before that, they had some of the lowest attendance in baseball for a really, really, really good team. That wouldn't have happened in Pittsburgh, by the way. But it did in Cleveland. So the Indians' revenues are exactly what you think they would be. They're okay with local TV, very little gate revenue. That's it. And you compare that to what the Yankees and the Dodgers and these other teams are getting from their local TV contracts that are not shared, it's not even close. It's not even in the same stratosphere. But these people have conditioned you to yell at the owner. I have no idea what kind of owner the Dolans are, and I don't really care. They're not my team. I do know that Bob Nutting, as I've stated and written countless times, has all kinds of flaws as an owner. He's hardly been some great leader of the franchise in any capacity. But when a player like this goes, you focus on the owner instead of the lack of a salary cap. Instead of the fact that baseball is the only sport left anywhere without a salary cap. And no one even dares to mention it not because they fear anything. Ken Rosenthal's a really big, important guy. He doesn't have anything to fear. He just knows that, you know, this isn't something that we talk about. It's just not, it's not okay. In baseball, we don't talk about there not being a salary cap. Baseball's different. Baseball's something that's, it's over here and it's in its own category. It doesn't apply. But I can't even get people in Pittsburgh to pay attention to it. Why? Because we've demonized Bob Nutting to such an extreme that people don't understand that in a salary cap system, Bob Nutting doesn't even matter. You wouldn't even know his name. I mention a salary cap to people, and the reaction that I get, I'm talking 99% of the time, is, well, I'd rather see a salary floor. Or... Even if there's a floor, Bob Nutting won't spend to it or he can't spend to it. Okay, well, the latter point, which I do hear a lot, would suggest that you agree with the fact that the owner actually can't afford to spend to that level. But I'll set that one aside. In every salary cap system, there is a cap and a floor and immensely expanded revenue sharing so that every team can afford to at least spend up to the floor. Would nutting spend to the floor or just above the limit? Probably, yeah, and who cares? Because, again, if you do a little bit of homework on these things, the gap between a cap and a floor in all three of the other major professional sports in North America is $20 million. Did you know that? The gap between the cap and the floor in the NFL, is $20 million. The gap between the cap and the floor in the NHL is $20 million. Gap between the cap and the floor in the NBA even, where they've only got to pay five guys, is $20 million. It's universal. It's also negligible. It doesn't mean a thing. That's such a small amount of cash that a simple variance on your roster of experience level can account for it. Even a team that Traditionally spends right up to the cap, like let's say the Steelers in the NFL, can have that variance based on, hey, they just got a bunch of good young players. You're not going to overpay them for nothing. This is just, this is the best roster that we've got. So you don't. That's it. It's $20 million. It's between, like, if I've seen estimates for the people who actually dare to venture into the territory of what it would be like to have baseball have a salary cap. That it would probably be somewhere between 170 and 150. That would be your cap level. And again, it would come with greatly expanded revenue sharing. What that means is that the Dodgers and the Yankees and all these teams that have these bazillion dollar local TV deals have to pile them all into the same pool. And everybody fishes from the same pool. So everybody can afford it. The Pirates absolutely could afford, in that circumstance, quite easily, I might add, between 150 and 170. And nobody would ever even talk about the payroll. And as a result, nobody would ever even talk about nutting. Why doesn't it happen? Because the players union has forever and ever and ever, and their agents have brainwashed their players, there's that term again, that in a cap system, they'll get less money. And it isn't true. It isn't true. It isn't mathematically true. You can look at every single responsible study done in the NFL, NHL, and NBA, and all that happens in a cap system is that more teams are forced to spend more money than ever before. That's it. That's it every team if the pirates are forced to spend between 150 and 170 and the indians are forced and the rays are forced and the reds and the everybody else the whole process rises up this isn't complicated ah, i don't want to talk about this anymore when we come back just one question almost settled down from that first segment this subject just drives me completely nuts Uh, it's time for just one question that is brought to you always on this program by Mike's Beer Bar which is back open for business like the whole way open as is its sister eatery right next door North Shore Tavern that means you can go into Mike's choose from the more than 500 beers that he offers And you can also go next door and have steak on a stone at North Shore Tavern. If you'd rather do business from the comfort of your own home, you can do that as well. Visit mikesbeerbar.com slash beer hyphen menu or call 412-322-BEER to order and pay for delivery anywhere in Allegheny County and in the Cranberry portion of Butler County. Person must be 21, ID required and present to receive delivery. Go to Mike's Beer Bar. Here's today's just one question from Josh, who asks, With every major league team losing money, is there a chance the Pirates pass on Kumar Rocker because he will demand the most expensive contract in the draft? Deep breath. Insert deep breath. There's a lot of misinformation out there about the baseball economic system and about the Pirates in particular. And what I hope to achieve, at least partly, with questions like these, with chances to communicate with readers, is sharing with you facts, sharing with you things that, it, that I've learned. A lot of what I said in the first segment was opinion. You might have gathered from my volume, but it was based on facts. It was based on real things. In this case, Josh, you're dealing with an older version of the draft before they had a cap in place. And there is a a cap structure in the draft. Whoever you take with the first overall pick is going to get the same amount of money. That's just how it works. You also can't trade in the Major League Baseball draft, meaning you can't trade picks. That's another misconception, misnomer that I hear about from fans all the time. Why don't they trade it? Why don't they do this? You can't. You're not allowed. The rules are you are slotted to one spot in the draft. You will pay that player or you won't pay that player. The Pirates are going to pay that player. The Pirates have paid every player they've taken except for one, and he was a nutcase, and I don't have enough time to get into all that. In fact, the Pirates are the answer to an amazing trivia question. Fool all your friends. Which team in Major League Baseball has spent the most money on the draft in the past decade? Trick question. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. Now, that's partly because they've drafted, you know, really early because they've been bad for a lot of those years. Not all of them. But it's also because they've spent, and before the cap was put in, which team was it that basically broke the system by overspending? Yeah, that was the Pirates, too. As longtime fans can attest, they took Josh Bell in the second round and handed him a $5 million bonus. Well, any other team would have handed Bell that bonus. The Red Sox and the Yankees in particular were furious about this. If we'd have known you could do that... We would have done it, too. The so Pirates broke kind of an unwritten rule. You're not supposed to pay guys that much in the second round. Hence, rules came in because you can't have the Pirates outspending the Yankees and the Red Sox. And here I go. I'm going to start sounding like I did in the first segment again. The answer to your question, Josh, is yes. They will draft the player that they want. I don't know that it will be Kumar Rocker. A lot can happen between now and then. And baseball has the most inexact draft of all sports. I wouldn't rule out that another player could end up looking better than Rocker. It's not the case right now, but if it is Rocker or whoever it is, yes, the Pirates absolutely will pay that player just as they have paid every other player in the draft. It's the one area where they have not been even remotely shy about spending, and that's to their credit. And I'm gonna go right back to slamming my forehead. against a cement wall thanks for the question thanks for listening to this show and all week long we'll be back monday morning with another daily shot of pirates